Hello, and welcome to BJGP Interviews. My name is Nada Khan, and I'm one of the associate editors of the BJGP. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to this podcast. In today's episode, we talk to Emma Whitfield, who is a PhD student in the Institute of Epidemiology and Healthcare at University College London. We're going to discuss the paper Emma and her team have recently published in the BJGP titled Diagnostic Windows in Non-Neoplastic Diseases, a Systematic Review. So thanks, Emma, for joining us here today. We've spoken to a couple of your colleagues, including Becky White, who is a co-author on this paper about diagnostic windows in cancer. And this research that you've published looks at non-cancer diseases. And it's quite timely because there's been a bit of a flurry of thinking in the academic general practice world about whether there's too much of a focus sometimes on cancer at the expense of other diseases. But I wonder if we can just start by talking a little bit about what you mean by diagnostic windows in the context of this research. Yeah, so I mean, as you say, it's kind of a concept that's really developed in the cancer diagnostic quality and safety literature, but theoretically is applicable to lots of different diseases. So really what we're trying to do is explore whether this, well, how much this exists in other conditions. Um, so a diagnostic window is a period of time before diagnosis where there is a kind of detectable increase or a detectable change in healthcare use for a population of as yet undiagnosed patients with a specific condition. Um, in practice, what that kind of means is that when we compare the healthcare use of cases before diagnosis to a kind of baseline healthy level of healthcare use, during the diagnostic window, at population level, cases will use more healthcare than we're kind of expecting them to. Um, so that baseline healthy level could be measured from cases own history, it could be measured from controls, and the length of the window kind of gives us an idea of how long before diagnosis it might theoretically have been possible to diagnose some of those cases. I think that's a really interesting concept because that potentially gives us a time and space to pick these diseases up earlier, potentially. Yeah, so it gives us an idea of how long it may, like for some people, how long it might be possible to diagnose them before they're currently diagnosed. It doesn't tell us who those people are or how we might detect them earlier. So it's really a kind of driver for we need more research to understand actually is this is it possible to diagnose these people earlier and how could we do that? So this was a standard systematic review of the literature and looked at a total of 27 papers in this study. Um, and the papers looked at pre-diagnosis healthcare for a number of conditions. Um, I won't list them all, but included things like heart attack, diabetes, dementia. And all of the studies showed a difference in that pre-diagnosis healthcare use compared to um, healthcare use amongst healthy people. What were the findings here? And can you talk us through some of these main results? Yeah, so what we actually saw is the kind of pattern that is very typical in cancer diagnostic window studies where kind of in a short period prior to diagnosis, there's kind of quite a, a rapid spike in the increase of healthcare use. And then that's probably kind of when a lot of the diagnostic process is kind of happening and when these diagnoses are being really confirmed. Prior to that, we see quite a long tail where cases are using more healthcare than controls or than a kind of healthy baseline 
for kind of quite an extended period. And from when that kind of first starts happening, that's a diagnostic window length. Um, so what we saw is from 10 studies, we found kind of 25 windows for 10 different conditions. And they ranged in length for from about 28 days for something like herpes simplex encephalitis, which is quite an acute condition, um, up to nine years for ulcerative colitis. And that sounds really long, but it's important to remember that ulcerative colitis is a chronic condition. It's something people are going to live with their whole lives. Um, so yes, nine years is very long, but it's kind of, we would we were kind of expecting that for chronic conditions, diagnostic windows might be longer. And to an extent, this kind of confirms that idea. Um, we did see a bit of variation in the length of windows when they're measured with different types of healthcare use event. And that's also quite interesting because it can help us get some insights into how diseases might develop before diagnosis in terms of when certain symptoms might start versus when a patient is just kind of feeling unwell and is starting to go to their clinician for the first time. Um, so there are lots of kind of really quite interesting little tidbits that kind of need more thought and need to develop more with further research. Were there any conditions, you mentioned ulcerative colitis and a long diagnostic window of nine years, but maybe some more acute conditions where you felt that the diagnostic window seemed potentially too long? One thing we did notice is that for two conditions, so stroke and acute, acute myocardial infarction, um, there were diagnostic windows of about, I think, a month off the top of my head. That sounds quite significant in the context of heart attack and stroke. Um, I think it's important to point out that we're not saying these people had a heart attack or a stroke a month before they actually did. Um, what these studies are actually saying is, well, they were using more healthcare from a month before diagnosis in some cases, not all the cases necessarily, just in some. And these, these two particular studies looked at um, what the authors called symptomatically similar diagnoses. Um, so these might be symptoms that we already kind of know people might have before they have a stroke and a heart attack. So yes, kind of a month long diagnostic window for these conditions might sound quite shocking, but it's kind of important to interpret it in the right way, I think. Yeah, it reminds me of when people talk about things like sentinel headaches in the context of things like a brain bleed. So the kind of maybe little triggering headaches that might make you think, oh, it's not quite right, but it doesn't mean that the acute event has actually happened. So I wonder if in the context of stroke and heart attack, it's similar, that there may be some symptoms that may be pointing towards this. Were there any other surprising findings coming out of the papers that you included in this review? Something that was quite interesting is that we saw some studies using multiple multiple different types of healthcare use events. And when they did that, we looked for kind of all possible diagnostic windows because one condition could have many different diagnostic windows. And we did see some variation in in terms of what the healthcare use event was and how long the corresponding diagnostic window length was. So for example, for granulomatosis with polyangitis, there are certain symptoms like cutaneous symptoms, renal symptoms um, that we saw a diagnostic window about one year for. And then for some of the other symptoms like uh, respiratory tract infections or sinus infections, we saw slightly longer diagnostic windows. So this does, does kind of give some kind of idea that maybe these symptoms are developing at different times. Mm. 
any other key findings that you want to highlight coming out of these papers at all? I think it's really interesting that we've been able to identify these dinosaur windows for a broad range of conditions. There kind of wasn't really any condition where we went, actually, there probably isn't a diagnostic window here. So it kind of confirms this idea that, yes, diagnostic windows do exist for all conditions. They're not limited to cancer. Um, and there's definitely further research we've done in this area to try and like formally measure these windows. Um, I think the thing to really point out is that these windows don't tell us that any specific patient could have been diagnosed earlier. So I mentioned that nine-year window for ulcerative colitis. It doesn't mean that everyone who currently has ulcerative colitis today should have been diagnosed nine years earlier than they were. It means some of them might have been diagnosable up to a maximum of nine years earlier, in theory, if we had kind of perfect tests, say. Um, so I think that's important to highlight. Yeah, and I mentioned uh, at the beginning of our chat just about um, sometimes a focus on cancer and a lot of work has been done on diagnostic intervals in early diagnosis of cancer. What is your feeling about how this research is approached for non-cancer diseases? And clearly you've demonstrated that there are potentials for earlier diagnosis. So um, I think obviously cancer is diagnosed in the context of other diseases. So often when someone presents with like an alarm symptom for cancer, in a lot of cases, they won't have cancer. They will have another condition. And the thing with early diagnosis of cancer is that it's really important because if we don't diagnose people earlier enough, we could be talking about them potentially dying when if they were diagnosed slightly earlier, they may not have. Um, and actually in a lot of the conditions that we've included in this study, that's not the case. Often these are like chronic conditions. So these are people who are living with thing, with with a disease that they don't have a name for. And that probably places a burden. So when we're kind of starting to think more about what moving this research forwards and doing diagnostic quality and safety research outside of cancer, um, we probably have to take kind of diagnostic window length as kind of one factor for what do we choose our priorities to be. And we have to consider it alongside well. How long is a diagnostic window? What are the kind of implications for diagnosing this earlier? What will it achieve? Um, and who will we be benefiting? Is it going to stop people from dying? Is it going to give them different treatment options? Is it going to affect their prognosis? So there's more to think about than just the diagnostic window length. But it certainly, yeah, kind of places a, a wider picture that we shouldn't just be focusing on diagnosing cancer earlier. There are lots of different conditions that are affecting people who they want a diagnosis for what is happening to them. Absolutely. And as you pointed out, a lot of these diseases are associated with a high burden of morbidity and symptoms and probably a psychological burden of living with them. So um, people may well feel that having an earlier diagnosis may attenuate some of those burdens as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, We've talked a bit about some of the research implications for this, um, and you mentioned that this study might give us uh, an insight into potentially which diseases we could do further research in, in terms of improving diagnostic windows. Do you have any take-home messages here for people working in primary care, so GPs? I'm obviously not a clinician, so that's a really difficult thing for me to comment on, and I think it might sound quite idealistic when I say something like, oh, 
ulcerative colitis should be diagnosed nine years earlier. Obviously, I'm not saying that. I'm absolutely not saying that you know clinicians need to be working like much better. And why aren't you detecting these things earlier? Because at the moment, the information just isn't there for them to be able to do that. Um, so from a study like this, it's quite hard to say, well, actually, this should mean that in primary care, you should be doing this because we haven't really explored that. But I think that's kind of the end goal, right, is we can see that there are these delays happening. We can see that there could be some improvement. So kind of our goal now is how do we get to something that I can actually say to a clinician, if you do this, it might help diagnose some people earlier. I think this is a really interesting paper that, if anything, just highlights the fact that there are these uh windows for diagnosing potentially different conditions. So it's really adding to the literature in terms of summing that up. And in terms of future research, what mm-hmm. where do you see this work going? I mean, we've talked a bit around it, but specifically, what do you think are the main uh, implications for further research? So I think one of the main limitations of this review is that because diagnostic winners haven't really been considered widely outside of cancer, many of these estimates haven't been done with any kind of formal statistical methods they've just kind of happened to be dropped into these studies kind of by chance, not with the authors kind of being aware of that this is a diagnostic window, just because they've noticed, oh, there is this increase from this long prior to diagnosis, and that is interesting. Um, So what we're really looking to do next is formally measure these windows in like proper data sets um, so that we can get a better idea and a more up-to-date idea of how long these windows might be. Um, And once we have that, and we can kind of consider those window lengths in the context of this is how it's, this is what it's like to live with this disease. This is what diagnosing it earlier might mean for patients. We can start driving forward more specific disease-based research into how can this condition be diagnosed earlier. And we can do that by looking at things like diagnostic intervals, diagnostic pathways, down to like misdiagnostic opportunities for specific patients to try and get a much better idea of what it is that we could be doing to identify patients earlier. Great. That's really interesting stuff. And it looks like there's a wealth of research that needs to be done in this area to catch it up almost to some of the work that's been done around cancer and diagnostic intervals. And I think that's a really great place to wrap things up. But I guess I just really wanted to say thank you very much, Emma, for taking the time to speak to us today. No, that's okay. That's great. Thank you. And thank you all very much for your time here and for listening to this podcast. The original research article can be found on bjgp.org and the show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. And it's been great to hear about diagnostic windows and other conditions aside from cancer just in terms of informing future work and and ensuring that early diagnosis of other conditions aside from cancer remain a research priority. Thanks again for listening today and bye!